Hey, creepy crawlers. I'm Katie. And I'm Nate. And this is Case, Case of, of the, the Creeps. Creeps. What the hell? That, what the fuck? Hang on, what? Dude. <laughs> Hang on, okay. what? Wait, on. whoa. So, we're gonna go on, uh, uh, hi, by the way. Uh, oh, hey. I might just have it start from there. Like, we were just talking. What the fuck? What the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> Didn't somebody die here? It's the cupboard lady. Somebody did die here, didn't they? Hey, cupboard lady, do you mind? What the fuck? <laughs> what in the Hang fuck? Hang on, I, I might actually start did crying. Oh. oh, oh my. I might start crying. Okay, uh, <laughs> I might actually start crying. <laughs> cupboard lady, if you're here, could you please quit astral projecting into the light? That is fucked up this is really scary it, it, could you stop if you are the covered lady hang on hang on hang on <laughs> hang on <laughs> wait that's unnecessary okay that's un- no that's it's just the light it's just the light really because we asked to stop and it's done it stopped it turned off completely and then came back on and then came back on well, oh, hi. <laughs> Hang on, I can't stop staring at the light right now. We we were gonna do a we were doing a, a intro and then the light that we're sitting under uh, went off and then came back on. And, and then it's been flickering while we've been talking, and it's. It, I I had mentioned that possibly somebody died in this house, and you mentioned that it was the cabinet lady. We asked it to stop and it is no longer fucking done it. <laughs> I might pee my pants. What I'm so fuck? scared right now. Listen, I thought I've sat here. I have sat here for almost a year and have been like, bro, it'd be so cool for somebody to be fucking in like a ghost or something. No. Why is it? I'd take it back. It's not fucking done it again. Oh. It's not done it again. <laughs> you guys, this is wild. Okay. I'm well. scared. <laughs> Hey, creepy crawler. <laughs> Welcome to a Last of Us breakdown episode. I am Katie. I'm Nate. I think we should do another one after this. Another what? Another, like, breakdown. Oh. Like this. Like, a series if we could find one. That'd be cool. Or we can do... See, we haven't done a chili crawlers in no, forever. No, we freaking haven't. We haven't done a live in forever. We gotta do something for I'm, the people. I, I'm looking into the Twitch thing now. Okay. Because we can always get webcams. We ain't made of money. <laughs> no. No, but we do have some exciting other news that's going to be coming up for you guys in the upcoming episodes. So definitely um, stay up to date with us. After these episode breakdowns, because I'm going to try and boogie-oogie through it, you guys are also going to hear Albert Fish, part one. <laughs> so, which we've Albert gotta... Fish is a fucking doozy. Yeah, he's and a nightmare. You, I mean, if you guys are into, like, fucking poop play... <laughs> If you guys are into eating poop, mm. some fucking, some butt butter. I mean, our guy, our, our listeners did get through Catherine Knight pretty, pretty well. This but is worse. She's just like the legit appetizer to Albert Fish. Yeah, this so. is worse. 
Um, and this guy was in like the fucking like fucking forties or fifties. Yeah, you could get away with a lot of shit back then. He was, and everything and was, was done by York, mail. Right? Yeah, and everything was oh, done by God. mail. So he was like putting out so fucking. I had dearest never, Catherine. Like I knew of Albert Fish, but I didn't know Albert Fish. And then I read. I actually, with my own eyeballs, can never take it back again. Read the letter that he wrote. Uh, yeah. Did you see the pictures? Uh, yeah, unwillingly. Like I, was, <laughs> I thought there. I was like, okay, well, this is going to be something that we cover later. Might as well, since like I've already been told about it. Let's look into it a little bit. And I just scrolled down and I saw the photos and I'm like, uh, <laughs> I had to take a break. I, I and, literally. And if you look at pictures of him, like his like mugshots, he looks like, like a legit skinwalker. There is legit nothing. nothing behind this fucking man's he's just eyes. Dead inside. Yeah, he's just completely. dead. He's like, I like poop. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he liked pain. He loved pain, he was a and that's sadist. so scary. I literally like get scared of like. Smashing my my finger, stubbing my toe, like I'm good, no way. Yeah, yeah, no, this dude was a fucking lunatic, and I'm I'm excited to do it because it's a fucking really good episode. Yeah. It's gonna be a good episode. So heads up to you guys, he's gonna be a little, well, not a little, he's a lot intense. So just you know, be aware for that. And we'll always put a trigger for you guys too, so that you know. But enough talk about upcoming episodes. Let's focus on what we're doing tonight, which is going to be the Last of Us episode five breakdown. Um, and, survive. and survive. So, <laughs> and if you don't know, essentially a synopsis that we go through, yeah, and go over. We just give our point of view on. It's because it would take us fucking hours to sit there and write. Oh, uh, so much. Like writing. sit there, we'd have to sit there, watch the episode, back, Pause, record, it, type, 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 type. So we are just going through synopsis, uh, uh, like uh, most of our research we find online. Yeah, and, and I'm sure everybody knows that, like. There, there's no other way. Uh, we don't have time to fucking sit there and read books. We don't have the time, especially for something like this, where if you're watching it or you're yeah, a fan of the game, this is just for fun. This is just for funsies. It, we're trying to fill up some space, and it's fun for us. And I, we hope you guys are enjoying it. But they're palate cleansers because yeah. we get to be a little bit more loosey goosey in these episodes too, and yeah. have a little bit more fun and like yeah. bullshit and stuff. So, but. Um, That's why I want to do more like a, a chili crawler coming up. Yeah, do some shit like that. <gasps> and remember what I said about the fucking because we have. I was also looking into mics. Yeah, like lapel mics, but yeah, like the ones that like they have the battery pack and everything. Oh, so that clip can, on and shit. Yeah. Ooh, so because so I want to do a tour. Dude, yeah, I want to go to St. Augustine. That'd I want to do a ghost so tour. So cool. <clears throat> and even if we could do a fucking two different lives at the same time, one on a phone. Well, no, like two different platforms. Oh, okay, yeah. So a Facebook and a, a, a Twitch or a fucking... An Instagram. An Instagram or cool. a... Um, we could do TikTok online, TikTok, yeah. yeah. A little bit more loosey-goosey episodes coming to you guys here. We're, we've got a lot of stuff in the works for you right now. It's really cool. But Especially was, for us. Yeah, because we get to sit here and like do the planning and yeah. it's like, oh my God, it's really going to happen and stuff. It's and cool. We, now that we've been doing this, it's, it's almost a year. I know. What are we going to do? I don't know. I think we should do the fucking uh, ghost tour for the year. <gasps> That's a great idea. Do a ghost tour for the year. Oh, I like that. Chris Pie 5? Chris Pie 5. I fucking love it. Did that was stare? a solid did high five. No, I did it. That was solid. I looked I at your stare. wrist. I didn't stare. I stared <laughs> past you. I looked right through your bitch ass. <laughs> Damn, why well, I gotta be all that? <laughs> So, um, that was a good, that was solid. That was, but yeah, that was I think good. for the year, which is when 
It'll be May 13th. Oh, we got two months. Yeah. Okay, so two months. I think on the 13th, we'll figure out the date. Yep, because it was it was Friday the 13th that I did my first episode and uploaded it. And it was the 12, 7, 7. Wow. I don't know what just happened there. Seven, seven. <laughs> the seven. fuck? I don't know what just like happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have on the, it was seven days after my wedding anniversary, which is Cinco de Mayo. So that's when I was like, okay, I'm pulling the plug on this. But I was going to say really quick before we uh, start too. Um, did you notice that we have. I like doing episodes because we get the bullshit. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> um, did you notice that in this month we have a holiday coming up? This month? This month? Next seven. month. Oh, next month. I've counted already as April because we're almost already done yeah, with this month. Yeah, it's true. My um, ti- time is relevant. <laughs> time is relevant. Um, but no, we have Easter coming up. We should do an episode on crazy shit that's happened on Easter. Like we did for Christmas? For Christmas, yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. And Halloween, we did a little something for Halloween, we? too. Yeah, I, yeah we oh, did. Okay. We should do that. That'd be fun. Fuck it. Okay, cool. Well, anyways, let's... We'll get crunk. We'll get crunk. <laughs> I mean... I am drinking with purpose up, tonight. So I've already I had... drink with purpose every time because I'm a goddamn American. <laughs> well, I'm a puss, so... Not only that, but I have... I'm a smut-loving puss I, over I here. Have... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Does creepy husband know about this smut-loving? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he will. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we are covering Last of Us episode five, which is called Endure and Survive, which is a little, it's, there's a correlation there between episode four and five because four was called Please Hold My Hand. So it was like the more soft, sensitive side, I would say. And then this one is like, you got to toughen up so that you survive kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and finally we figure out who the fuck Henry is, which I'm excited about. So are you ready to pop? Pop this case. I am, because I'm thirsty. Okay. Oh, we're going peach? Uh, why not? Ready? Cheers. It's a five. <gasps> Did you just finish that whole <gasps> one? <laughs> Did you just finish that whole thing? Hang on. Like a fucking animal. Like a fucking savage. Chug. Ziggy zaggy, ziggy zaggy, oi, oi, oi. Ziggy zaggy, ziggy zaggy, I'm proud of you. <laughs> I am proud of you. Look at you. The shock in your face. Oh my god. <laughs> Caitlin. The, wow. The shock in your face. You get a golf clap. Thank you. Thank you. You get a sweet golf clap. Hell yeah. Hold on. Now we gotta, hang on, we're hang gonna, on, ready? We're going to double pop it. First ever double pop. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I won't chug that one. There's a first time for everything. Okay. <clears throat> so, on this one. Now, just a tiny recap on episode four. Uh, we got to see a bit of bonding between Joel and Ellie, finally. From in the woods to uh, Ellie saving Joel's life in the little shootout that happened once they got into uh, town. Ellie is a fucking bad bitch. You know, and coming up, fucking Joel is a bad motherfucker, too. Um, God damn, Joel. It, okay. I know we're far from it, but the last episode, I was like, God damn. Oh, my. Which I've seen it. I knew it was happening, but the way they played it, I was like, God damn. See, and this is what I like about doing this, too, is that this is based off of a video game that you played and I've never played. 
So everything to me is fresh. I have a synopsis. Like, I know what's going to happen, but... Bro, the last episode was almost fucking in its entirety. was almost worth fucking... It was so goddamn good. That's awesome. See, I love to hear every, they Almost do every that. scene. It was fucking That's to the awesome. T. So, they did such a great job. They really did. They have done they did a such great a great job, job with and this. And if you don't like it, then on you. Poo on you. Naysayers. <laughs> You know what I don't understand? It's like, why can't you just enjoy entertainment for entertainment? And you know, if you don't like it... It's an adaptation. It, yeah, it is. It's, it's, they change some shit, yes. Well, it's yeah, it's adaptation. Hollywood. Well, here's the thing. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Just fuck off just and watch move on. fucking Gilmore Girl, Girls. <laughs> Gilmore Girls. <laughs> What's a Gilmore Girls? <laughs> <laughs> fucking Gilmore Girls or your fucking Buffy. <laughs> hey. 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 It's for horses, better for cows. That was just <laughs> fucking rude. God. So what I'm starting to feel like if I was to write a bio about me based on the shit that you've called me in episodes, <laughs> it would be the basic white girl, Bigfoot love and smut fucking reading. <laughs> Popper's gonna get a whole thing and then meet Katie. <laughs> Five lines. <laughs> like a haiku. <laughs> and, like, if you guys don't like the banter in these episodes, I don't care. <laughs> skip on over. I've we got more this. coming. I have needed this. Like, I've needed to have just like a break from all the seriousness and be able to just like bullshit and I was whatnot. I know you were. And I'm, it's fine. It's cool. But, like, damn. It's not the same. And it, you know what? It's gonna pull us into our soon to be announcement i know i'm so excited i can't wait for that either like it's killing me not to say anything but we can't yet we have okay. to wait but anyways let's, let's get into okay. it so we have the bonding that you obviously are starting to see more of between joel and ellie from the numerous of things that happened in episode four to even ellie kind of watching over joel to see like little ticks and things with him like he can't hear well out of his right ear and she mm -hmm. kind of tried to piece that together and found out more about him in that process and she saved his life mm -hmm. and you hear from ellie that this isn't the first time that she's had to kill somebody so you see these walls starting to really break down between the two of them and now they're in kansas city because they got fucked up by these Phaedra, not Phaedra, but not fireflies either. Just civilians? Yeah. Yeah, it was a different group. Um, I would just say that they're it was a different like group. bandits almost. Yeah, in it was a, way. a different group. Um, or raiders. Yeah. I would say more of like colonized raiders. Yeah. The leftovers of Phaedra that overran that Phaedra camp in Kansas City. So in episode four, we also meet. These said raiders, um, this group, and their leader, quote unquote, Kathleen, who has a serious grudge against this fucking guy named Henry, doesn't tell us who Henry is. The most wanted man in <clears throat> Kansas City. But we still don't know why, either than he kind of helped Phaedra take Kathleen's brother, and her brother got tortured, so now she wants Henry because he sold him out. Yeah, because he was like a... 
informant. He he was an informant for Phaedra is the way they played it out. Yeah. And he he explains it further on in the episode. But he also had something to lose within it. Yeah. And they were they were Kathleen and her group, quote unquote, or it seemed like they were more fire and brimstone. They were. They wanted to fucking go all out, and I think Homie was more or less trying to. He was trying to protect his brother all out. Yes. And it was he was trying to see the greater good in that. He had something. To, he had something. To protect. <coughs> he he was a fucking kid, but he was a kid forced to grow up really yeah, quickly. Really yeah. Exactly. So. Um, from episode four, we are left with the cliffhanger of Joel waking up to a pistol in his face being held by a child and looking over and seeing Ellie with another man holding a gun to her head as well. And that's where it cuts off. So episode five begins with a little bit of a rewind that led up to this event that happened in episode four. But now we're seeing a different side of that whole scenario. So it begins with um, the people of Kansas City quarantine zone that took over, which is Kathleen and her little cronies from Phaedra. The people of Kansas City brutalized the Phaedra officers, beating them, hanging them, shooting them point blank as the new rulers of the QZ patrolled, uh, patrolled the streets looking for Phaedra or collaborators. And then we see finally the man behind the name, Henry. Let me me take one second. Uh, Let me do a shout out to Collider. Oh, yes, absolutely. For doing absolutely. a fucking great job for uh, a breakdown synopsis of Absolutely. The We've followed Collider <laughs> for all of these episodes. They've done a great job of these breakdowns, so shout out to you guys. We'll make sure to uh, link in the episode for you guys to be able to see this as well. So we see Henry. He's in this, like, damp attic. He's got a kid with him, and the kid... What was he doing? The kid was drawing on his little... Um, it's like a Etch-A-Sketch, almost. I remember yeah. having one. I do too. It was like an etch a sketch, but it was like a a peel one. It was a peel one. You wrote on it and you peeled it up rather than shake the shit out of it. We see Henry, who is with his brother, and his brother is writing on this peel etch a sketch essentially. Um, and this is where you kind of start to put two and two together that his brother is deaf. <laughs> My boy got bad ears. <laughs> so you see Henry. He's looking through this window, trying to make sure the coast is clear essentially, and they're kind of encircled around like this pile of pillows and empty cans you can obviously very very quickly put together that they've been up there in this attic for a a bit of time now trying to wait out the storm essentially i would say um and it goes back to kathleen who has captured a cell full of people a group of informers who she says used uh she used to be scared of And she asked the groups if it felt good betraying the neighbors to Phaedra, watching them get sent to prison or killed in order to get things like medicine, alcohol, even a few apples. But now the tables have turned and Kathleen is in charge and she let that power just right up to her head. Yeah, she was a real piece of shit. She was. She wasn't, she didn't go about it the right way. I understand, like, vengeance, like, at a... What did it's a say? vicious what did thing. What did they say? An eye for an eye leaves everyone blind. Yes. So it's, she, I I get it. I get it. Me of all people fucking gets it. Yeah. I would, I, you know me, I would absolutely, I, I love you and the rest of the family and I would be fucking fire and brimstone the same way. I'd be worse. <laughs> yeah, but the, you also know how hollow it makes you as well. Yeah, but at, at that point, I mean, 
I, from her point of view, like, I get it. That's all she had. And she felt betrayed. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you also have to feel for the people. Because they were, all they wanted, like I said, like, they all they wanted was they wanted medicine. They wanted, and the only people that had it was. So the they were being us. manipulated at the same time. And yeah. it's like, they felt, at some point, you do feel powerless. And you're like, if I fucking don't, then they're going to fucking kill my baby. You know what I mean? They're going to fucking kill my baby. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And that's all you can do is feel powerless. And you're like, all right, well, fuck it. Yeah. If it's going to help the person I fucking love. Like, you think I'm not going to roll over on some, some asshole I don't know? Yeah, I, true. But yeah. at the same time, if, if you kill everybody, then you're going to be kid, completely if, alone. If, if creepy cousin baby... <laughs> That little butthole, if you think you don't need medicine and I can roll over, okay. Uh, okay. So, you yes. Guys, I, that's, I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate at the same time. as A little bit, but, like, it's easy to see. But, it, like, I also see it from the point of view as if you kill everybody, you're really alone. And I would, I that would rule is, on that fucking throne of skulls. Yeah, you say that, but being alone like that, that can... I'm alone now, Kate. But that's completely alone but anyway so we see that kathleen is now kind of like hey look at me i'm the captain now kind of thing like (laughs) i am i am captain (laughs) but she also does that shitty snaky in the grass kind of thing and goes nobody has to die like just do what you were already doing just do it for me now that i'm on top yeah and she's like oh look nobody has to die we'll go over trial yeah, go like, for trial. Oh, what kind of trial? Here in Florida or Texas? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what, what kind of trial are we dealing with now? All she wants, bottom line, all she wants is Henry. That's it. Yep. So when nobody... So in turn, she's no fucking better. She's no better. She's not doing any better. No. So when no one an replies... An eye eye leaves everyone blind. Exactly. So, but when nobody replies to her, no one has to die, just give me Henry's speech... Uh, she turns to her right-hand man and military guy, Perry, to just kill the group. Because, obviously, they're not going to pay attention to her. So, at this point, this is when one of uh, the people claims that Henry was with the doctor that Kathleen killed in our previous episode that she was interrogating. His she name, just walked in and shot him in the fucking yeah. room. I was like, God damn. Yeah, she, I was like, oh, okay, she really Savage. does mean business. Um, but this but person, you also have to make a statement if you're in her position and trying to do the thing. You got to show that flex. Yeah, you, you got to fucking flex on it. It's a really fucking, weird flex. But it is a weird flex, but hey. You, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I'll like, bite a motherfucker's ear off. Like Val Tyson. Why do I have no question that you would do that? Because I would. <laughs> you know I would. Without any hesitation. I have gone through apocalyptic apocalyptic times in my head multiple times and with other people. And you've and, just reasoned with yourself the yeah, whole Yeah, no, the disgusting things I would do. Is just unreasonable for anybody but myself in my head. <laughs> okay. We're the- all surviving. If I'm leaving, <coughs> we're all surviving. You can do some Mad Max bullshit. Oh, shit, we're going to have fucking all kinds of stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I'm fucking... <clears throat> I'm. We have one person that's in this group of hostages now that comes forward and says that the doctor was with Henry before the doctor got caught, um, which reveals a little bit of surprise to Kathleen as well. Um, because Ed- Edelstein had uh, pretty much lied to Kathleen very, very well that he had no idea where Henry was. Turns out that he was with him the entire time. So he had a place also to meet up with Henry 
and and Sam if things went south. And Kathleen says that things have gone great now that Kansas City is free. But is it really? So I what mean, are you what are you what are you gonna do? Like she makes her sounds herself sound like a prophet almost. Like I mean, is it really? But you're still living under a fucking. It's just like any other war. If you go over to the the I, not to get into anything fucking political, you go over to the Middle East. You take out one power. Another, another one rises. Power. It's a huge vacuum, and it's always going to be a vacuum, and that's yeah. how it's always ever going to be. And it, that's especially in times like that. You know, they, it may be fictional, but especially in times like this. Yeah. And it's it, it's always going to be a power struggle, and somebody's always it's. Oh, there's never a democracy. No, there, no, it's, it's just never one power. It's always one power. You fall it's, under that power. It, it's never, and it's like a communal, like the Amish. Now, despite the knowledge that Kathleen now holds, unfortunately, this mem- group member could not divulge the information of where he thought Henry and Sam were now. So Kathleen then immediately turns to Perry and says, Get your fucking men out there right now. You need to go find them. Go door to door, up and down, all over. Find Henry. He can't be far. They were like kicking in fucking... Like they were literally searching door to door, floor to floor, fucking... They were going full on Waco. Yeah, uh, they were. <laughs> yeah, they were. They, so, it, was, it was... She She did lose her fucking mind in it. Well, it, yeah, and she fucked her priorities up too because let's also kind of backtrack a little bit to um, reference... The breathing ground that's happening as well. And Kathleen's like, fuck that. We don't need to worry about that. We need to find Henry. Yeah, because no, it, and everybody knows it that that's going on. Oh, yeah, but they don't want to say anything because Kathleen is on this fucking power. She's on a war path. She's on this path. So, and she even turns to Perry and is like, this is priority number one. You need to go out and you need to go find Henry. And Perry even asks if they're really going to put people on trial, to which Kathleen goes, no, they're not. And Perry should just burn the bodies because it'll be quicker. And you know what's funny is, uh, who does he play? He's an actual character in the game. Is he really? Yes. Oh, man. See, that's another one then. They've had so many like... Um, um, Marlene? Yes, Marlene. Marlene. So now we have this massive manhunt that's happening in the city of Kansas right now. And then we cut back over to uh, Henry and Sam, who have made it to their meetup point with this man who was supposed to get them out and find Edelstein was hiding in the crawl space. And Edelstein says a Phaedra officer told him about this place and that Phaedra had no idea that this place existed, which seems a little kind of backwards because it was an officer that told him. But... Phaedra didn't know about it. But this is when Edelstein says that he was going to sneak out and find them food, ammunition, and all this stuff to prepare for this trip. So Henry thinks that... <coughs> Excuse me. Just one every episode. I know. One every goddamn episode. I know. Almost every every fucking strong. one. Um, every goddamn one. I know. <laughs> it's like a record. <laughs> So Henry thinks that based on their food, they have about 11 days to figure out their next move. And Edelstein points out that Sam is scared because Henry is scared. So this is when you start to actually realize that Sam is deaf because they start to sign back and forth to each other. And Henry sees that Sam is drawing his superhero on his magic slate toy that he keeps on his neck, which is that Etch-A-Sketch. 
and he tells Sam that they are 100% safe and reassures Sam that he's not scared. But Henry says the only problem is the place they're hiding out is ugly and gives Sam a giant bag of crayons to help decorate the place as the two brothers immediately get to drawing on the brick walls. So Henry had to really play survivalist and big brother and dad and mom and all these different roles all wrapped up into one when he's just a scared kid as well. So now, yeah. So now 10 days later, we see that Sam has drawn superheroes all over the hideout, a character that Henry calls super Sam. The streets are still full of soldiers and the group is down to one can of food Sam wants to eat, but Henry says that they should wait for Edelstein to come back, who has been gone for a whole day now, which he doesn't know that on the flip side, Kathleen just shot him. Right in the fucking face. While Henry promises he'll be back the next day, he still hasn't returned, and Henry tells Sam that he's not returning, and that now they have to leave since they're now out of food as well. But Henry has been watching the teams on the street and knows their patterns so they can get away. Henry tells Sam that Phaedra probably killed the doctor and the two hug, knowing that all they have left is truly each other. Now looking around the hideout, Henry gets an idea and Henry tells Sam to close his eyes and Henry paints an orange superhero mask across Sam's eyes, turning his brother into the real life super Sam. So as Henry and Sam are preparing to leave this cramped up attic that they've been in for 11 days now, they hear Joel and Ellie's truck crash into the laundromat that we previously talked about in episode four, where Ellie ends up actually saving Joel's Which life. Which fucking thug life. Oh my God. In a split second, she made that choice too. She thug did life. not hesitate. So the um, after seeing Joel take out the team, Henry says that he has a new plan because Henry's like, ha ha, he is skilled in the field. Later that night, Henry and Sam find the building that Joel and Ellie are sleeping in at the end of episode four and sneak up on them. Turns out that Sam and Henry are the two from our previous episode holding the guns in Joel and Ellie's faces. It was just funny because during that episode, like Joel and Ellie, like... Like, we need to sneak up. We need to find the highest point. Like, mm-hmm. they had talked about it. And he Joel was like, spread out glass so that they could hear yeah. if anybody crunches And, like, he, he, she was like, let me guess. We're going to find the closest skyscraper. We're gonna blah, blah, blah. Yes. So, and it's, it's funny. And they took all these precautions not knowing that Henry... Mm-hmm. And Sam were in the fucking building the whole time. Yeah. But they also put shit against the wall, the door, and like, it just, it just goes to show that. It, it, they were very skilled. They yeah, knew. they were. They were very good. Yeah. But they had no idea that these two people were fucking well, in there. Well, see, and here's the thing, too, is I think there's an underlying message as far as Henry noticing the glass on the floor. Because Joel did that solely because he wanted to hear if anybody would trespass. Yeah, exactly. But... Henry and his deaf brother are able to silently walk through there to pull the surprise on Joel and Ellie. There's no talking. None. What's oh, it's fucking iconic acting. I just it was amazing. And you always have to. I mean, now that I've seen this, you mm-hmm. don't think that if this shit happens, I'm not taking that into consideration. Like I. Seriously, there are some shows and movies that I feel are are just survival tips and guides. 
So now we have both sides of the story. They've met up. Here it is. Joel's staring down the barrel of a gun. Ellie is staring at Joel with a gun up to her head while Joel is staring down a barrel of a gun. And Henry just goes, I don't want to hurt you. (laughs) And that they actually want to help Joel and Ellie. And after a few questionable responses from Joel, Henry decides to trust this pair of fellow survivors. Henry introduces themselves and states that they're now the most wanted men in Kansas City, which has got to be fucking terrifying to Joel and Ellie because the last thing they want is to be spotted at all. And now they're with... They've been by themselves since test died. Yeah. Later, Joel and Ellie share their food with Henry and Sam, and Joel suggests they go their own separate ways. But Henry has a different idea, saying that in the morning, he'll he'll show Joel and Ellie how to get out of the city, which... Of course, to Joel, sounds like, oh, that's perfect. We need to get the fuck out of here. And Ellie's like, thank God I have somebody I can fucking relate to, even if they can't really speak. And you see this bond start to form between Sam and Ellie through a similar comic book that they both like. Yeah. And they go back and forth reading, or Ellie reads to Sam and acts it out and stuff (laughs) for him. It's probably the first child on China child Innocence. interaction she's yes. had in since her fucking Phaedra days. Yeah, since her friend died. Yeah, since Riley died. Yeah, so it's it's probably been of fucking years since she's actually had that interaction with another child. And she gets to relive that a little bit and it shows it and it's fucking pretty cool that they show that that Yeah. It, but it also shows like the innocence of a child during that time is like at any point in time the They'll want to revert back to that, and it's it's not a bad thing that they want to do that because they're they're just that they're children, exactly. And, it, and it's they're forced to grow up faster than they need to. Yes, but they're still just that. She's still a fucking teenage girl. It's, exactly. You know what I mean? She's still no matter what she she can look as though she's growing up, but mentally she's yeah. she's got to take that time as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. So. Now, the following morning, Joel and Henry look out over the city, and Joel says that he's heard that Kansas City Phaedra were monsters, which Henry agrees that they would actually rape, torture, and murder people for 20 years now. And we have to understand that each, uh, say, QZ Mm -hmm. was different, drastically different from the other ones, because you look at Joel's, where he came from and where Ellie came from, and it was, they were hanging people, and it was smugglers. But then you like you hear about the Kansas City one where they were fucking. It was like rape, pillage, torture. It was clearly, it was Phaedra fucking. It was like fuck it. You yeah. Like, you know what I'm hungry for today? Some rape. <laughs> yeah. Just I mean? no, no rules whatsoever. So mm, nothing fills my belly more than rape. But Henry also, ew, but Henry, <laughs> not mine specifically. <laughs> no, but Henry also adds that the people have risen up and have done that right back to Phaedra as well. So it's very much. You stab my back, I stab yours. And Henry tells Joel that he's not Phaedra, he's worse. He's a collaborator, or a rat. Even though Joel doesn't want to work with a rat, Henry knows the way out, and he needs someone to clear the way, since Henry has never killed anyone and has never been violent. So the pair decide to make an alliance of sorts. While they talk, we see that Ellie and Sam have already struck a huge friendship, with Henry saying he hasn't heard Sam laugh in a long time. Henry also explains his plan, saying that the city is run by Kathleen, but the way to get across town is getting through maintenance tunnels that will get them to freedom, considering that Kathleen has control of the only four highways that go in and out of the city. So highly patrolled, you can't fucking go 
go through there, can't pass go without running into Kathleen. And, it, it, <clears throat> and it, in this episode, you get to see that through the eyes of ch- children, like they're the only ones left that really get to try and keep their humanity. Yes. And as well, like everybody else is, it's fucking tooth and nail. Everybody has to fight for what the fuck they want. And mm-hmm. the parents are like, the adults are fighting for the children. Like, homeboy, you fucking ratted out everybody. So, <coughs> through the children, you get to see where they don't have the concept of not keeping your humanity. Exactly. They're just trying to be children. And it is what it is. It, like I said, a, a kid will always be a kid. And that's just what they are. They're children. And they're always going to try to keep that humanity, even though they don't know realistically what it is that they're keeping. No right from wrong, really. Yeah, so they're trying to, they're learning, but it. Through the eyes of Ellie and through the eyes of Henry are two different things. Absolutely. Like the shit they've experienced are two different things. But yet when they come together, they're still trying to... It's Coincide. Not, it's not that they're trying to. It's that it they revert back to it. Mm-hmm. And they revert back to their, their childlike tendencies. Yeah. But uh, as where Joel and Henry are interacting, Joel's like, you're a fucking rat. I have no choice but to trust you because you know your way out of the city and I yeah. have to get fucking, I have a task at hand. And Henry's like, well, if we can work together. I promise. All while they're trying you. to keep the fucking kids are like not from fucking dying. Yes, exactly. It's having to be a parent in an apocalyptic world. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah, it sucks. Fuck so, that. Uh, yeah. So. It, it makes it. Those scenarios are like, God damn it. Because then I know I'm going to have to do some vile shit. Well, and that's what we see next is Joel asks Henry, like, what do you need from me? Like, what? I know you need a way out and you're not a violent person. So I'm guessing you need and me Joel's to be like, violent. Joel's like, I'm... I'm here. He's <sighs> like, God damn it. Like, well, I'm- then Henry goes, in, goes into explanation of the breathing ground and explains that Phaedra drove the infected underground 15 years ago. Fucking terrible idea because then it's just, they're down there brooding. They're just, uh, <laughs> they're just like, why uh, would you do that? You don't, you don't drive them away. You eradicate. Well, here's the thing. That's a fungi, right? You know what fungi like to do? They like to reproduce at a high rate in moist ground type places. Dark. Dark, moist, nasty, gross. Moist. So that's what's happening right now. And they've been under there. Moister than an oyster. (laughs) That was good. Um, But they, Henry explains that they've been under there for 15 years. So that's 15 years of... Just moistening all yeah, sorts Yeah, we're going to keep saying moist for all the people that makes you uncomfortable. So <laughs> just fucking just moist it up. Um, <laughs> so, and that's where Henry says that while everyone, including Kathleen, thinks the tunnels are full of infected, he has inside info from a Phaedra guy that the tunnels are actually clean. Even though Henry agrees that the plan is dicey as fuck. So why would you, I mean, <clears throat> you don't, at that point, Henry should have been smart enough to realize that you're working for these people and you're backstabbing everybody you fucking know. Mm-hmm. So maybe, just maybe, this guy's a fucking liar. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, he's trying He's trying to keep you calm any way he can to get what he wants from you. Mm-hmm. It's, don't play the fucking game, son. Don't yeah. play the fucking game, son. Yeah. From the so, dirty streets of Daytona. From the dirty streets of Dirtona. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know. <laughs> I say like, things. It's not even zombies here, you fucking <laughs> cocksuckers. But so Ellie had also let it slip to Henry as well that they took on two clickers and got past unscathed. So Henry is very hopeful that, you know, Joel is able to handle whatever the fuck's down there with ease. They agree. Everybody's on agreement that they're going to go through the tunnels to get out of the city. So our now group of four make their way to a bank that has a path to the tunnels. And as they enter, Joel tells Ellie to get her gun out. You got that trust between Joel and Ellie now. Mm -hmm. Um, And as they head through the tunnels, they don't find any infected. Yet they eventually find an area with a door that looks like the entrance to a cartoon castle. Now, when they enter, they find an entire area for children complete with more drawings, toys, books, and a makeshift soccer goal, too. And Joel says that he's heard of places like this where people went underground after outbreak day and made settlements, literally living underground. It reminds me of, I don't know if you play the game, Fallout. No. Okay, so in Fallout, they it was like the 19, it was during the age of Atomics. Where they were just, it was like World War Two, and they were learning atomic weapons, mm-hmm. and it was giant wars and blah blah blah, and they dropped nukes on the United States. Oh shit! And but during the time they had uh, vaults, okay, underground, and it was the same thing. It was they had, it was vaults. It was for people yeah. to go live underground. Huh. Not so much like this, but it's it it reminds me of that where people had to go live underground. Well now they uh. also in this next scene they planted an Easter egg for those who played The Last of Us Part One game, where it's a drawing um that says our protector showing two men named Danny and Ish. So if you guys played the game, you know that backstory. If you don't Um, In the game, you learn that Ish was a man who went underground and discovered a family in the nearby suburbs when looking for supplies. Ish invited the family and a community was formed. Uh, Eventually, Ish met Danny and the two became protectors of their underground hideout, as seen in the drawing that Joel sees. At some point, though, one of the doors was left unopened, which led a group of infected in. Now, while Ish and Susan, the mother of the first family Ish had found were able to escape the attack and run to the suburbs with a few survivors, the ultimate fate is unknown for the rest. They're dead. I would say so. They're dead for sure. Now, this is where, in the underground playroom, that Sam finds an issue of the Savage Starlight comic book, which Ellie actually happened to collect issues of in the first game, too, and you see that excitement in the show that's correlating. So Ellie shows her excitement over the issue, And Sam and her bond even more over their love of the series. And Ellie starts to recite a quote from the comic. To the edge of the universe and back. Endure and survive. Endure and survive. Okay. Well, while Sam teaches Ellie how to say endure and survive in sign language, Ellie... You just couldn't help yourself, could you? Um, Ellie convinced Joel like. <laughs> that they should wait out here for a while as they are actually, as there were actually, you know, things to do. So we see the kid mind again of like, Hey, there's stuff that where I don't have to be bored. Look at all this cool stuff. I haven't been able to do anything with in a while. So, uh, Henry says that it would be a good idea too, maybe to wait until it's darker. While it seems like Ellie and Sam are just excited to have some place where they can be normal kids for a while. Now, as Sam and Ellie play. Joel tells Henry he shouldn't have been mad at Henry for being a rat, and that he understands why he would do something like that to protect Sam. 
Henry tells Joel that, that what he said earlier about never hurting someone wasn't true. Henry explains that there was a great man who was never selfish and always forgiving, a man that he would follow anywhere. But Sam got sick with leukemia, and while there was medicine that would help Sam, Phaedra had it, and he knew he'd had to give them something, give them something big, which was that great man. The leader of the resistance movement in Kansas City and Kathleen's brother. Henry says that the bad uh, says that... You gotta that, do what you got, Especially in times like that. Like, I fucking yeah. did it, dude. Well, and then you kind of <laughs> see this, this, the full circle effect of this. So now we understand why Kathleen is so fucking angry at Henry. It was because Henry took out the one person who was like the big head honcho, pride to not just Kathleen, but a whole movement of people... And Henry says that Joel gets it because even though he isn't Ellie's father, Henry can tell that he was someone's father, Mm -hmm. which refers back to Sarah. Mm -hmm. breaks my heart. And after this, Joel decides they need to keep moving. So we're going to just dodge that whole sentimental bullet right there and just keep (laughs) on moving. So this is when we go back to Kathleen. We find her in a kid's bedroom when Perry comes in and says they still haven't found Henry or, quote, the man who killed Brian. Talking about Joel. Perry says Kathleen's uh, mom told him where she was. And we learn that this is the room that Kathleen grew up in. Kathleen reminisces about when her and her brother Michael. So now we have the name to the face of the big man. Mm -hmm. And how this room seemed so big. Kathleen says that she was little. She was scared of the thunder. So when there was a storm, Michael would tell her their room was a big wooden box that nothing could get inside. They'd be safe if they were together in their perfect box. Listen, if I'm a monster, I'm destroying that wood box. That wood box is the first wood thing boxes, I'm going to. Yes, I'm shoving it up in an even <laughs> bigger monster's ass. So Kathleen <clears throat> says that he was just so beautiful, but that she isn't, and he'd be horrified by the things that she's done. So she knows that she's turning into this animal, yeah. but she just can't see. It's those who are power hungry. They start to have this unquenchable thirst and, and hunger for power and being able to assert that power as well uh she also says that she knows michael would want her to forgive henry and not hurt him because michael told her the last told her that the last time she saw him alive in jail he wanted forgiveness and kathleen questions the point of giving forgiveness when it led to his death perry counters that michael was a great man but he didn't change anything and she did and there with her and her decision. That was some fucking grade A butt smooching right there. That, seriously. He was fucking, his nose was so goddamn brown. We then go back to the tunnels where we find the group has all made it to the other side without running into any infected. Yay. As they walk through the suburbs outside, Henry says they don't know where they're going once they're safe. And Ellie mentions that they're heading to Wyoming. Joel's like, he's like, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, stop it right now. He's a fucking rat. (laughs) And Ellie, of course, being a kid, goes, you should come with us. Just come with us. And Joel seems to not like the idea. But Ellie jokes that that's how it always works. He's against something. Then she asks a million more times until he warms up to the idea. So that was a very father-daughter kind of moment right there. As Ellie talks, they narrowly miss a gunshot coming from a nearby house. As they hide behind a car, Joel says they should wait there and he'll sneak around to the house and stop the guy. So now we are dealing with a sniper in an old, what looked like an old abandoned house, but it was not abandoned at all. Uh, When Ellie worries about the plan, Joel replies, do you trust me? 
Ellie nods as Joel attempts to make his way to the shooters. Ta-da! Fucking Joel's going in a fucking, like, he's like double seven. <laughs> Joel is the 007 of the apocalyptic world. So, I'm not done. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Okay. Ben. <laughs> As Joel is running up to the house, he tracks the shooter's attention. I'm sorry, he attracts the shooter's attention as he makes his way to the house, barely missing the bullets that come his way. Now, when Joel gets to the house, he finds an old man with a sniper rifle. And he asks the man to slide over the gun, and when it seems the man won't comply, Joel says, Please don't do this. Uh, the man tries to shoot Joel, but Joel is too fast. And shoots him before he gets the chance. It, he fucking... That whole fucking scene where he's fucking going in and like... Ooh, ooh, dip, dive, duck, dodge, dodge. <laughs> yes. It was... That was a fucking great scene because like when the old man was like, Oh shit, I've been had. Yeah. Like, like, oh no, you're right like, here. He's like, come on, you're 80. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> like, come on, what do you fucking think? So as Joel shoots this man, he hears on a nearby walkie-talkie that this old man had... Kathleen, who is telling the man to hold them there. We are almost there. Big uh uh-oh. We are now dealing with Kathleen, who is on the way with all of her fucking cronies to come get them. So as Ellie, Henry, and Sam hide, we can hear Joel screaming from the top of the house, run. And in the distance, as car comes, cars come toward them from down the road, as the trio runs, Joel takes up the sniper rifle and attempts to shoot the cars before they hit Ellie, Sam, and Henry. Before a truck hits Ellie, Joel shoots the driver, knocking the truck into a nearby house, which catches on fire and blows up. So with Kathleen's man out on the road hunting for Henry, Kathleen calls out to Henry that he could save them uh, some time by just coming on out. Henry replies that he'll come out, but they have to let the kids go, to which Kathleen replies, no deal. Henry pleads that Kathleen doesn't understand, and Kathleen states that maybe Sam was supposed to die. Just hitting him where it hurts right there in the heart. Like, oh, so what if maybe Sam is supposed to die? You took my brother from me. Maybe I need to take your brother from you. And... At this point, she's like fucking Caligula. Yeah. Oh she, and she goes, kids die all the time. And does Henry really think that Sam is really worth everything? So, wow, we're really fucking cold. We have no fucking heart whatsoever. And Henry tells Ellie to take Sam and to get ready to run as Henry goes out to meet with Kathleen. So we're, now we're going to sacrifice ourselves. And this is where my big old ugly mug of a fucking disgusting infected comes into play now. <laughs> So Kathleen is finally face-to-face with Henry. It's been almost two full episodes of where the fuck is Henry? I'm Henry. I'm trying to run from Kathleen. I'm going to find Henry. Not if I have anything to fucking say about it (laughs) going on right here. Like a big, huge game of hide and seek. Kathleen finally faces Henry, who says it ends the way it ends, going for her gun and getting ready to shoot him. But in the background, we see the nearby exploded trunk Start to sink into the Which, ground. At this point, I knew I was like, "Oh, it's about to fucking go down." I was sitting here the whole time. The whole episode has been foreboding, foreboding, yeah, foreboding. Yeah. What was underground? Yeah, foreboding. foreboding. 
Foreboding. So there was like that answer. foreboding shadow. Yay! Of what shadow. was? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make sense. I've watched too much Turbo. <laughs> it was on when I got here. No. <laughs> but yes, it's been this foreboding thing of like, hey, where this is gonna go down? As the truck starts to sink into the ground, we soon hear the cries of infected coming from up underground. After being buried for years. A massive stream of infected come out of the hole, attacking Kathleen's soldiers. As Joel shoots the infected that get too close to Ellie. Ellie makes her way into a truck as a bloater. So we are now introducing our next type of infected, which is fucking disgusting. So we have three now. Yes. Now, a bloater is a massive infected that Ellie mentioned in the second episode, which Tess seemed to think didn't even exist. Now, a bloater is essentially what would be a um, a sumo wrestler-sized infected, I would say, that also has the characteristics of a clicker with the blossomed-out like head. The way it's described, it's uh, the bloaters are the fourth rarest and most dangerous stage of the infected. Part two, they take years to develop and reach this stage after years of exposure to the cordyceps. Uh, brain infection so it's an inevitable yeah so they're like they're super strong and they're like physically imposing and they're covered in like a thick fungus then they act as plates of armor and their skin forms large patches of scale like tissue that glow in the dark which form their uh uh mycotoxic pouches and engulfs their entire body and uh because of this protective covering they can withstand multiple hits from weapons such as shotguns and hunting rifles mm-hmm. and even hatchets and machetes. So it makes them like extremely tough to eliminate. They're also extremely aggressive, but they're rather slow moving and uncoordinated and that make them uh, more predictable than other infected, like the clickers. Okay. Uh, like clickers, bloaters see using uh, echolocation to locate and trap a survivor. Oh. Because the fungus has completely deformed their face and blinded them. Their echolocation is much less refined than the clickers, and their clicking is much deeper in tone than the clickers. To where it sounds like a growl almost, I would say. Yeah, so if the clicker grabs a survivor, it will violently rip their jaw apart through brute strength, uh, grab the player's head and smash it, pin them to the ground, and pummel their body mercilessly. Uh, or grab the survivor's neck and bend it to break the spine, killing them instantly. There's no way for the players to defend themselves if grabbed. This is from the game, by the way. Uh, the result is instant kill. Oh my gosh. And uh, also in the game, bloaters throw sacks of my- uh, mycotoxin, which explode on impact, spraying the target with toxin. Ugh. The mycotoxin will hurt the player over time, so it is recommended to avoid them, uh, avoid their clouds. Okay. Well... In the show... They're vulnerable to fire. They're vulnerable to fire. That's what it says. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that is in the game. Now in the show, we see the physical appearance of the bloater match identically to what it is in the game. And it is massively strong. You can you can tell it uses brute force on everything and everyone. It has that low-toned growl. You can tell it uses echolocation, all of the things. Now, the bloater tosses people like ragdolls as it emerges from this hole before coming right for Perry, which is, again, Kathleen's right-hand man. No matter how much Perry shoots, the bloater comes over and decapitates Perry very easily as well. Rips a 
goddamn dickhead head off. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the truck, an infected child makes its way inside, flipping and tossing her way toward Ellie Which is, over the seat. Listen. Listen. Fucking children are terrifying. Absolutely. Zombie children, infected children, fucking 28 days later children. Ooh. You fucking name it. So... Ellie safely makes her way out of the truck. I'll take your fucking chest or your back. (laughs) (laughs) At least I'll try. I'll give it my full force effort. The old college try. The old college try. Now, Ellie safely makes her way out of the truck and heads over to Henry and Sam, who are fighting off infected under another truck on the opposite side. Joel protects Ellie with the sniper while she makes her way to them. So literally, like, shooting down infected as she's fucking running, keeping pace with her. Like, oh, such a good fucking scene. Eventually, Ellie makes her way to them and stabs the infected and getting Henry and Sam out of the situation. But right before they're to safety, Kathleen finds them and holds them at gunpoint. But behind Kathleen... The infected child that was in the truck with Ellie just moments before sneaks up on Kathleen and attacks her as the four four reunite and run away from the wreckage that was once Kansas City. Now, our, our group makes it to the safety of a hotel that's pretty much on the outskirts of town. And as Joel and Henry talk, Joel mentions that while they don't know how they're making it to Wyoming, Henry and Sam are welcome to join them on the journey. Henry agrees, saying he thinks it would be nice for Sam to have a friend and that he'll tell Sam in the morning. It's a new day, meaning a new start. Instead of going to bed in the other room, Ellie and Sam read comic books together, but using his magic slate, Sam asks Ellie if she's ever been scared. And you can immediately see that He starts to get very tense in this question, and Ellie kind of picks up that something's not right. Sam says that she never looks scared, and Ellie replies that she's actually scared all of the time. It's a front. Of scorpions. (laughs) (laughs) But then... Aren't we all, Ellie? Aren't we all? (sighs) But then she seriously says that she's scared of ending up alone. Out of everything that she could be scared of in this world, especially... Because of who she is in this world, the only thing that she's scared of is being alone. Once again, aren't we all Ellie? Yes. Aren't we all? When Ellie asks Sam what Sam's scared of... I hate it here. <laughs> yeah. Um, when Ellie asks... Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I hate it here sometimes, too. When Ellie asks what Sam's scared of, he replies, If you turn into a monster, is it still you inside? And I remember watching this scene and going, Uh-oh. Oh, no. Sam got bit. And you know, it also... It's like, of course. It sucks playing the game, too, and then seeing it. Because you're like, fuck. Ellie had a friend. Like, I knew knew immediately when the episode, I was like, well, this is it. Because I knew the ending. Yeah. I I was like, god damn it. I knew... I think I had a a very sinking feeling when watching the episode. Uh, When they were underground and they showed the bonding over the comic, I'm like, this is too good to be true. This is just too good. Like, Ellie's going to lose fucking something. So, unfortunately, yes. I I don't remember. I don't think the episode played out the way the game did. Mm -hmm. Quite the same way (sighs) with the way that they're getting ready to describe it. Yeah. So, um, after asking this question, Sam shows that he's been bitten on the leg. Ellie, who is obviously very upset by this, reveals that uh, she reveals her own bite and tells Sam that her blood is actually medicine. 
she cuts her hand and rubs her blood into Sam's wound, hoping that it might do the trick. And you know, I I fucking get it. I just do. desperate. You don't want to lose she's like, that. And she thinks she's like, oh, I'm the fucking cure. I can do she, this. Yeah, she can. So Sam asks Ellie to stay awake with him, and she promises her new friend that she will, and they hug. So the next morning, Ellie had dozed off and finds when she wakes up, Sam's sitting on the edge of the bed looking out the window. When Ellie goes up to him, she sees that he has turned. Ellie and Sam tumble into where Joel and Henry were sleeping, and Ellie tries to fight off Sam the best that she can, unfortunately seeing that Sam is completely gone. Joel goes for his gun, but Henry grabs it first, firing a warning shot at Joel's feet. In the heat of the moment, Henry shoots Sam off of Ellie. Immediately, Henry realizes what he's done, having killed his little little brother, the one person he's been fighting to protect. Crying, Henry has a moment where he stares and you can almost be like, oh my God, please don't shoot Joel or Ellie. It's not their fault. And then Henry aims the gun towards himself, goes, what did I do? And despite Joel and Ellie's pleading, he takes the gun, puts it to his temple, and pulls the trigger, leaving Joel and Ellie in complete and utter, utter shock. And you can just see, like, Joel, he's kind of like, he's like, holy shit. But Ellie's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You can see in Ellie's face, she's like, oh my fucking God. You see desensitized and sensitized. And although she's getting to the point of it where she's being desensitized i mean she is to a point yeah she is desensitized not so much as joel where joel is like she's desensitized like in the first episode where joel's like just another body and throws the kid's body into the fire is like yeah fuck it yeah i you know i think with ellie it's she's desensitized to losing people she's still a child yes uh but what i was going to say is that i think that she's desensitized to losing people what she's not desensitized to is losing friends. Okay, so after the fir- the initial shock of everything, we see Joel is outside of the hotel. Um, he had dug two graves, first Henry and Sam, and Ellie leaves Sam's magic slate on Sam's grave. Ellie asks Joel which way is west, and she starts walking and leaves Joel pretty much in the dust. And Joel sees that Ellie has written, I'm sorry, on Sam's sleigh. And from a distance, she calls for Joel, saying, let's go. As they leave the pain and friends that they met in Kansas City behind. And this is where our episode five leaves off. So now we're headed west. We're on our way out. You could see. The heartbreak. at at, At that point, I think Ellie realized she was like, this is just how it is. Yep. This is it. This is fucking just how it is. Like, we're gonna lose... We're going to lose people. And it's there's nothing we can fucking do about nope. it. But she also felt fucking remorse because she truly thought she was going to help Sam. She did. She had full hope and full um, full goal, I would say, to, to be the change that needed to happen. She, and that's all she wants is to, to help others and to get this to not be the normal anymore. Because this is all she knows. And yeah. She wants something better, not just for herself, but everyone involved. That's all she was aiming for. Was yeah. She, she, she really thought she was going to fucking, like, her blood was going to stop it. Yeah. And I feel like it could have, if just distributed the correct way, I feel like it, it could have helped. But I don't, I don't know at the same time. But um, this concludes episode five recap of The Last of Us. I don't think we need to do any business on these episodes. We'll save it all for Albert Fish. 
I don't think we have any business yet. Not really. No. We have a, we have announcements coming, but we'll just leave it at that for right now for you guys. We have new mics coming. We have new mics coming. We have we have fancy things coming. Yeah, we got fucking badass mics we got coming. Fancy things. Well, at least they're supposed to be good. Well, they're badass yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. It's a start. It's yeah. a start. Don't give a shit. So, um, we hope that you guys do enjoy these episodes. If not, they're just fun. Go back to our old shit. I don't care. We hope that you guys are enjoying Molly Bish as well. That was a very fun episode to do on a very unfortunate case. And if you guys have any listener requests, episode requests, or anything like that, just send them in to us at caseofthecreeps at gmail.com. Uh, we'll see you guys over at episode six breakdown. Until then, we hope you creeps keep it creepy. I'm Katie. And I'm ready for Albert Fish. Oh, it's going to be wild. Albert Fish is going to be really good. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued. We need to talk about that after we get off of here. But okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>